Hello Hello， 我是壮老师，我是莱欧斯里玩家，人神启动。首款多平台开放世界游戏《原神》，即刻点击下方资讯栏了解更多。还得同情家猪，新的一年想要提升英语力吗？除了每日可以跟着我壮老师跟读与朗读世界时事趣闻，还可以每周在 Clubhouse 上，我们通勤学英语直播室上做英语练习与互动。伴随你的英语学习 Podcast 就在通勤学英语。Let's start your daily shadowing. Women's soccer energizes England in a league of their own. England beat Germany two to one in the final of the European Championship after extra time on Sunday last week to win its first major women's soccer title. The final, which was played before a sellout crowd of more than eighty-seven thousand at historic Wembley Stadium, is seen as a watershed moment for women's sports in England. Although the game, known here as football, is a national passion, female players have often been scoffed at and were once banned from top-level facilities. Now the women's team did something the men haven't done since 1966. Win a major international tournament. Hope Powell played 66 times for England and coached the team from 1998 to 2013. I think we have to give thanks to the people that worked really hard before us, that went through all of that, being banned, fighting for the right to play. Powell told the BBC, "I think we have to remember what came before is what got us to this point we are today." But it's not just the victories that are attracting fans; it is how the team is winning, with money from sponsorship deals and a new TV contract supporting full-time professional players. There is more flash and polish than many expected. While they don't play like the men's team, that's not a bad thing. There are fewer players flopping to the ground to draw fouls. Less rolling around on the turf dramatically, clutching perpetually injured knees or ankles, and little shouting at the referees. Instead, there is teamwork, artful passes, and stunning goals like Stanway's 20-meter screamer in the quarterfinal victory over Spain, and the back heel from Alicia Russo in England's 4-0 semi-final win against Sweden. And here's the thing: people like it. Coach Serena Wigman has made a point of noting that there is more at stake than victory alone. We want to inspire the nation. Women's football has a long and sometimes controversial history in England. The women's game flourished during and for a few years after World War One, when teams like Dick Kerr Ladies Football Club filled the sporting gap created as top men's player went off to the trenches to fight. Women's teams, many organized at munitions plants, attracted large crowds and raised money for charity. One match in 1920 attracted 53,000 spectators, but that popularity triggered a backlash from the men who ran the football association, the sports governing body in England. In 1921, the FA banned women's teams from using its facilities, saying the game of football is quite unsuitable for females and ought not to be encouraged. The ban remained in place for the next 50 years. 
Women organized their own football association in 1969, and soon after the FA ended its ban on women. The FA took over responsibility for the women's game in 1993, beginning the slow process of improving funding and facilities. Things accelerated after the 2012 London Olympics, when authorities began to recognize there was a global audience for the women's game, said Gail Newsham, author of In a League of Their Own, that tells the story of Dick Kerr ladies. Last year, the FA signed a three-year deal for broadcast rights to the Women's Super League, increasing funding and exposure for the game. Sky Sports will broadcast a minimum of 35 games a year on its pay TV channels, and the BBC will carry another 22 on its free-to-view network. It's not that long ago that girls, you know, top players, were paying for their own travel to get to matches and then having to get up to go to work the next day. So all of this is helping, Newsham said of the funding. You can see the difference now in the professionalism of the girls playing football. Thanks for tuning in. 记得我们每日跟读精选词汇以及 Intense Podcast